Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sometimes you don't know who you are until you're punched in the face. And, you know, we, we came out, we got punched in the face right at the beginning. It kind of stung us a little bit, and uh, it took us a little bit to respond. But I, I, the heart and fight that my kids showed tonight, I'm extremely proud of them. We took a few little injuries here and there. The guys stepped up, played hard. You know, I, all I can talk about is how great of a job my kids did and the great effort that they had tonight. Um, West Haven played a great game, and it was a great four-quarter game, and we knew it was going to be tonight. It was calm down. It's just football. Everybody said we hasn't been challenged, so let's show them what we do the challenge is. And we defeated it. When Nick has a ball, I have confidence he can do stuff. As a sophomore, I've seen him do stuff that I haven't seen seniors do. And uh, so I have faith in Nick. I was just standing there saying, I have faith in Nick. I have faith in you, Nick. I had a slant, but you're playing up, and we need 22 yards. I'm going to go get them 22 yards for you. So I did my little own thing and caught the ball. What was it like catching that thing and winning this game for you? It, it like? felt real good. Like, after I caught it, and I just see it, like, I just feel a whole vibration of lights and people yelling. I'm like, I caught it. Everybody and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I'm your host, John Patrick Bully. With me, as always, is Pete Paguaga. Peter, what's up? Nothing much, man. I feel like every week we're doing this show, something crazy happens. And uh, this weekend was not, you know, it was just like every other week, apparently. Yeah. Just chaos was indeed chaos uh it was week 10 and from the get-go it was just nuts rains rain forecasts juggling of games left and right but at the top of the show you heard from the wild capper the capper of the whole crazy week the scene at west haven's ken strong stadium where hamden took west haven to the brink came back from 20 down 23 to 20 lead late in the game, but West Haven, Armani Reed with the touchdown catch on fourth down with 38 seconds left, and the Westies still unbeaten 9-0 within just an amazing game. Uh, just had it all. Ups, downs, great plays, acrobatics, you name it. Uh, thrills, chills, spills. 
um, for an SEC tier two game, uh, which I think is completely, you know, I think you can throw that out right now. It was a, a clash of Titans over Ken Strong and Stam. You heard from Rich Boche, the West Haven head coach. You heard a little bit from Tom Dyer, the handed coach. You know, lots of just things in there to talk about, Pete. And I don't know. It was just for everything that happened. We were exhausted. We went to like, you know, I felt like I went to like, you know, I think I went to about six games this week. Um, it was a great way to kind of reunite there at Ken Strong Stadium for just a class. Yeah, it was a, it was it was a classic. It was an instant classic. You know, we left Maloney Southington two weeks ago, and I think I looked at you and I said, "That's the best game I've seen since the 2019 Class Double L Championship game." And then this happened, and I I think this one might be crazier than the one before. It might be recency bias, but I mean, the atmosphere, the crowd, the energy. Um, the noise. I mean, West Haven had the band. Hamden had this, you know, air horn. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was the, uh, a crazy game. The NCAA game. championship horn. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a crazy atmosphere. A lot of different teams there in attendance. A lot of coaches. A lot of people repping. You know, that was the place to be this weekend. Was West Haven Hamden, and it really lived up to everything. You know, we thought West Haven was going to run them out of the building, uh, but Hamden fought back and. A big part of them fighting back, and we definitely have to mention it, was, you know, the injury to Cameron Kemp. Yeah. Um, you know, the running back, the junior running back from Hamden went down with a with a with an arm injury. Yeah, uh, you know, I think yeah. Um, you know, obviously we're you know, you know, our thoughts are with Cameron as he uh as he rehabs uh and gets, you know, gets that arm fixed up because he's only a junior, so he'll be back next year. But uh, you know, Hamden really rallied around that. It was a scary scene. He got, he got taken off on a stretcher. And he was having uh, a great game to that point, too. He was over 100 really yards already. Yeah, I mean, really he was the pounding ball. the ball. And then, you know, we found out after the game that him and Ar- Armani Reed from West Haven are, like, best friends, really good friends. And uh, Armani, you know, kind of followed the stretcher out. And that was a really nice moment yeah. uh, in what was a crazy football game battle. Uh, that was definitely, you know, obviously, you know, things are bigger than the game. At that point, that's my brother. Like, not even blood related, but that, that's my real brother. For real. Like, stay at each other's house. Same clothes, all that. Like, that's my, and my brother since probably. You saw what happened to him, you know. How did that make you feel? I couldn't do nothing but cry. I just cried. But my team told me to calm down. He's going to be good. I know he's going to be good. He pulled through like this. Did, did you, you ran over to him, right? Yeah. What did you say to him? I said, love you, boy. You're going to pull through. This is what, what we do. It's football. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm not a doctor. There's there's some things, and things happen in the game of football. Um, kid's tough as nails. Kid was having a hell of a game before that, and there was a big loss at that point that he had to go get checked out. And uh, I think he'll be okay, but we'll see where he's at. And, you know, back to the game. I mean, Armani scores the game-winning touchdown with 38 seconds left, and, like, the West Haven fans behind the goalpost just spill onto the field. Like, a fan... I have the photo. Uh, the fan lifted him up in the end zone. Like, that was our lead photo. Like, he didn't get lifted up by a lineman or a teammate. He got lifted up by a fan. Like, it was just chaos. And then when the horn sounded, the game was over. The fan spilled out onto the field. It was it was a great scene. Still yeah. wild game. It started out, looked like it was going to be all West Haven. You know, Devontae Eddy take the opening kickoff. You know, whatever it was for a touchdown. You know, right, right then, bang, 7 nothing, And then they score twice more. And uh, you're looking around saying, Hamden, are you going to show up at all? Or is this going to be, you know, coronation here for West Haven? It was for the Tier 2 championship, whatever that means. But, but uh, 
you know. Uh, but uh, it was 20, 20 to nothing straight out of the box. And, you know, and you're wondering, Hannah, are you going to get in this? Finally, they score on the touchdown throw to uh, Travion Singleton, who had a great His first game one. His first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He scored a touchdown back. You're like, all right, you know, 20 to 7, you can kind of work with that. And then, uh, you know, a little later, Hannah gets, you know, they get within – they get within a score, and then Travion Singleton again with just a ridiculous catch on the tip drill. Uh, you know, it looked like there, it was a ball was kind of thrown up for grabs, and uh, the West Haven's pick master, Avian Evans, jumps for it, and, uh, and Travion Singleton comes down with it. I mean, we were sitting there. You and I were both on the sidelines. We were in the perfect spot. Yeah. He we was right, right in right front, front of us. us. And we're still, but we're still in the, the team box. Remember, they have the box from the 30s, and we're still there. We're just kind of like, you know, everyone's down there watching because it was like a 75-yard score. And uh, and then he goes in, and everyone's jumping. I'm getting sprayed. I'm getting yeah. The team box, the team box didn't matter because they just took off yeah. past us, out of the team box, up the sideline. They <laughs> they ran over some guy on the sideline. Whoever that guy is, he got up was fine, but he just got ran over. You're gone. And I'm just standing there, just holding my camera, be like, "Don't hit me! Don't hit me! Don't hit me!" It, it was, it was honestly, it was like the hyena scene in Lion King, you know, when they're all running and Simba's dodging away so he doesn't get ran over. No, you know, never yeah, seen Lion yeah, King. Yeah, I haven't seen that before, <laughs> but, but but immediately right then that they had the fumble, which you know, it was kind of a bang bang play. I when I looked at it on the replay, it looked like he did have possession of it. I mean, they don't they're on the benefit of the replay, but uh, you know, Hamden takes over. Scores the touchdown, but then that gets called back, and then Hammond kicks the field goal, go up 23 to 20, you know, with about five minutes left. And now West Haven's in big trouble facing, you know, they get Hammond's getting in the backfield, a couple sacks on Conlin, and they're looking at like third and like 21 or something crazy. And he has to go twice. He throws two, completes two passes. The second one to uh, our, our to Armani. I didn't think he – I thought he trapped that ball. I, yeah, I, I was, Even Tom Dyer was like, after I we'll, – we'll take a look at the film on that. I had a bad angle on it. But you, you can see here on the thing, it it looks – if you zoom in close, it looks like it skipped there. West Haven kind of got bailed out here. Maybe you argue that Hamden, you know, they got bailed out with the fumble. But then you look at that, I don't know. It was tough, tough spot. You know, maybe Hamden, you just can't give him that opportunity. But uh, – I mean I, I think, you know, look, if the ball hit the ground, the ball hit the ground, and I think it was fourth down, so it should have been a turnover, right? But like you said, like, he was open. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they put themselves in that position. Uh, the ref was standing right there. It was right there. So, like, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt over me, you know, any day of the week, unless it's something I blatantly saw. But, you know, I'm going to go with the referee on this one. He was right there. He made the call. Much to the uh, disappointment on the Hampton sideline, because he was right on the Hampton sideline. Right. Well, now they got to um, go. Now they got to pick it up and do it again. And they had a fourth down again. Which right the goal is line. why, if you look at my photos, I was in the back of the end zone with you, and then it was fourth down, and I ran over to the Hampton sideline, thinking, like, Hampton's going to, you know, if Hampton stops them here, I'm going to get Hampton running at me off the field in celebration. Yeah. And lucky me, because the touchdown was right in front of me. Armani Reed beat him on a one, whatever move it was, got wide open, got both feet in. It was literally right next to me. It was amazing. I, yeah. I was in the best spots all day. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we were in a good spot for the for the Singleton touchdown. Except we only got a little bit. Yeah, that's true. But great catch in the end zone. You know, he kind of got a little bit of separation. He kind of 
had to recover a bit there, and there was Bedlam, and, and that was that. And you know, West Haven, uh, it's nine and zero. Oh, uh, your 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 tier two champions. Congratulations! And uh, now they go into Thanksgiving against a you know Fairfield prep team. I think you were the one who said it. Who said like they should take the banner with them, and then they'll they'll unify the belts <laughs> Thanksgiving Eve when they play Fairfield prep, which is the tier two tier one champion, right? Or- yeah, I said that to uh, Al Carbone on Thursday after I saw Prep North Haven, and uh, they had the tier banner for uh Fairfield prep and i said why don't you just hold on to that and he just looked at me i go west haven wins tomorrow yeah or saturday like they're gonna be playing for the sec title on the 20 uh with the 23rd the 24th whatever the, uh, the 23rd the day before thanksgiving and he like i think he gave me like a sarcastic laugh but yeah. i thought it was funny i thought it was, i think <laughs> it, you know i think hamden and west haven belong up there to be completely yeah. honest with you i agree uh, and then everybody else maybe move them down to tier three or Make it tier two, whatever. We, we've said it a billion times. Uh, I forgot to say at the top of the show, uh, all right, the topic we're going to talk to later on. We're going to talk to Rob Fleeting, uh, the uh, Windsor coach whose team uh, beat South Windsor last week to earn him his 200th victory. They got a big one to close out their season this week against Bloomfield. Uh, so uh, we'll talk to Fleet about, you know, his team this year and, you know, we'll talk to him a little about a bit about uh, you know the predicament that they're in. I mean, I would look at those teams in Class Double M and Windsor. You know, Windsor should could be able to beat all those teams if we can get in. Maybe not all, but it'd be a good a favor to do so. So we'll talk to him a bit about that. But it was just a crazy week, Pete. Let's talk about like what happened elsewhere. First of all, we had all the rain on Friday, the remnants of the of the hurricane coming up oh, here God. on Friday. Well, you and I were both in monsoons. You more than me. I was Nightmare. up in Naugatuck. Going right, to watch the, that game, you know, for the Pinho Trophy, Woodland, uh, you know, Chris Anderson's first visit as an opponent back to his field. Talked about it. Well, he talked a little bit about that, but Naugatuck got us the heck out of there. It was, yes, it was a monsoon in the second half, but they got us the heck out of there. It was, I think it was 34 to zip early for this at halftime. And then the second half, you know, uh, just one more score and it was running time. But Mike Dietelbaum played great. Uh, Caden Martin played great. The defense was playing great. Woodland coming off the big win over Holy Cross just looked like deer, like deer in headlights in that 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 game. But going back the week, the night before, on uh, on Thursday night, we went to our separate games. You went to see Fairfield Prep versus uh, North Haven. I went all the way up to see Bloomfield almost blow. A, actually, they did blow a twenty-seven point lead to Platt, and then won that pulled that game out late to qualify for the playoffs. But the game that everyone was talking about was back at Falcon Field, Pete, where Maloney, the, now the defending number one team in the state, first week in, in, on the job, and eh, down they go. Jack Patron just just ran them over in an overtime victory. Uh, I had uh, my spies there were sending me texts, uh, updates, and uh, I got the winning the winning touchdown. Uh, sorry, the winning two the the, the tying two point conversion by Glastonbury, and then the winning play where they they basically forced Valentine into like into a scrum, and that was it on fourth down. And Pete, what? Kevin, what happened? We... I'm 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 heartbroken. I uh, my guys, my Maloney guys, you know they they got to the top, and. Uh, <clears throat> We look, Glastonbury, this is a great win for them. Uh, we talked about them on the show a lot. A lot, basically saying, like, they haven't played anybody. Where's their big win? Where's this big thing? You know, they lost to Hall, who didn't have a win, and then they lost to Southington, uh, you know, kind of handily. And you're like, yeah, you're like, they're not going to, they're not going to have it. I didn't even put it on the picks. I thought Maloney was going to win hand- handily. 
boy, was I wrong. I mean, shout out to Coach Hennessy, um, you know, Jack and Jack Patron. I mean, what a what a player. I mean, he is having an unbelievable season. You might not know because they don't post any of their stats on Max Preps. Um, <laughs> but he is having an awesome season for the Guardians. Um, hell of a skier, too. Um, oh, but no, that's a great win. That's a that's a great win for them. A Killington um, guy, Patron. <laughs> that's where he but, learned uh, Killington, my favorite pl- place. But for Maloney, I mean, this is going to be a tough pill to swallow. They got, what, a week and a half to get ready for uh, Platt on Thanksgiving in the Stoddard Bowl with, you know, they went from potentially being the number one seed or having a, a, a home game in the playoffs to now they're in and they're looking, they're like they're going on the road and <laughs> the way the seeding might go, they might be going to St. Joe's, they might be going to Newtown, they might be going to New Canaan, yeah. uh, could be going to Naugatuck. Um, so a lot changed for Maloney, not just number one seed. And if they uh, lose the plat, we'll get into it. But if we lose the plat, they like you said, they could be on the road. And yeah, I mean, they went from their their defense of the Class L champion of uh, state title just got a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, now it was like we were that had happened on a Thursday night. You know, so the big question now is like, who's number? Who's going to be number one? We had a few week days to think about it. We saw West Haven play hand in them. We're all walking off the field. I'm like, I, you know, Ned Griffin of the day, New London. He's like, I've been on the bandwagon all this all this time. We're thinking, all right, you know, I voted for West Haven number one. You voted for West Haven number one. I mean, they've certainly proved they're one of the, they're the last double L team with a with an undefeated record right now. The poll comes out today, Pete, and what what happened? Southington is your once again the number one team in the state. The Blue Knights with a big surprise, uh, I I guess. Uh, I, I don't – I mean, listen, the voters have been confounding me all season long. Is there an argument to be made for Southern? Uh, if there is, I don't think it's a very – I don't think it's a great one. Uh, uh, here's the thing. I don't think anyone has a great one. I think the best one – the best argument is West Dave, uh, which is why I voted them number one. I don't think – there is a powerhouse team this year. I don't think there's a clear-cut number one. And you look at it, you know, when we were talking about it last week, Maloney beat Southington, so Southington's two. They beat Greenwich, Greenwich is three. They beat St. Joe's, St. Joe's is four. You know, kind of like you can use that deduction. Uh, West Haven throws a big wrench in, in this. Obviously, they go, they're going 9-0. and oh. Not a, a bad wrench, but, you know, they didn't kind of follow that math. Um, but they're 9-0. and oh. They have great wins. Fairfield Prep's a great win. Shelton's a great win. Hamden's a great win. Uh, Notre Dame West Haven's a great win. Like they've gone out and proven that they can play with the big dogs in this state. Um, the thing is, I'll tell you, I, I sent my poll into Mike Fornabio on Saturday night, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing past number one. Like for me, West Haven was a layup at number one. Yeah. Like it was a layup, but then it's like, okay, well, how do you draw Southington, Maloney, Greenwich, and St. Joe's after that? And, you know, for me, Southington's loss to Maloney is a better loss than Maloney's loss to Glastonbury. I get that made sense to me. Yeah, which, but Maloney beat Southington and then Maloney beat uh, Grant, Southington beat Greenwich by one. And I was just trying to like figure it out in my head. I'm like, I don't know how to do two through like seven. And I was really confused. Um, I I think I kept Hamden locked in at eight. Um, I don't think I moved them. Um, they played a great game, but 
I, I don't, it was so hard this week, but Southington, I, I don't, I couldn't bring myself to vote for Southington one. I couldn't bring myself to vote for Greenwich one. I was at both of their losses. Um, I couldn't bring myself to vote for them one. I couldn't bring myself to keep Maloney at one after the loss to Glastonbury. Some people did. And I couldn't bring myself to vote St. Joe's number one either. So, and definitely not New Canaan. Uh, saw them lose too. I mean, everyone on this list, I saw Southington lose. I saw Greenwich lose. I saw St. Joe's lose. Um, I didn't see St. Joe's lose. I watched your video, St. Joe's losing. And I watched New Canaan lose. Yeah. So, you know, all these teams lose. Um, it was tough. I am the kiss of death. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, here, here's the thing. I don't think a lot of these voters, I think the voters look at the tier two thing and they just go, they dismiss them out of hand. That's why they've been having trouble West Haven the ranking all year long. And I think a lot of people tell the kids that too, because the West Haven kids were big fans of the show. They're Shout great. out West Haven. They're all watching. Um, the, but the, I think because all the time, every time you talk to the kids, they're like, yeah, everyone, play, everyone says we, we don't play anybody. And I'm like, ah, what? No, no, name's not nobody. You yeah. know, or you know, Shelton's not nobody. I know Shelton's not, you know, the greatest Shelton team since Dan Olofsky. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but, how, you know, but uh, who else? Uh, I mean, Hamden, not nobody. Nope. Um, you know, Guilford's pretty good. I mean, no, I know it's not tier. But if you look at Southern schedule, Newington, Hall, Simsbury, East Hartford. Yeah, they beat Windsor. Glastonbury, they beat, oh, that's good. Connor. But you look at there, and then they beat Greenwich. All right, maybe you say it's a little better, but it's not that much better than West Haven's game. You know, I mean, Greenwich, Newtown, okay, that's good. Ridgefield's a good win. West Hill, St. Joseph is a great win. Darianne's a good win. Darianne's certainly playing well. And Trumbull is a really good win for Greenwich. So I thought, I I think I had Greenwich at number two. Now I'm kind of like pulling back from, all right, who lost to who? And I'm looking at, you know, your overall body of work now. I think that's what you have to start doing now. But yeah, you know, I think our, 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 it's just like the, the Killingly thing. They would not vote. And do they even still vote in that way? They would not vote Killingly below Wyndham in our poll. Yeah, Killingly's uh, 12th. Right. And you know, Wyndham lost. And uh, and they don't, they refuse to say Wyndham. I mean, Wyndham beat him by three touchdowns, like two touchdowns. Yeah. My goodness. But, uh, you know, I, it, it, I don't know. We'll just have to sort this out in the class double playoffs. I guess that's the silver lining here. Uh, maybe, you know, West Haven's looking at this. They're like, all right, all right. Still, no love. No love. for the. We've done everything we possible except beat Fairfield Prep. Now, if West Haven goes down and loses to Fairfield Prep, well, then the voters can tell me to go pound sand. So, <laughs> well, well, let's, well, okay, so let's just play hypotheticals here. West Haven loses to Prep on Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Southington loses to Cheshire. Greenwich loses to Staples. <laughs> Trumbull loses to St. Joe's. New Canaan loses Is to that Darien. Happening? If that those are my hat. those are all. But I'm saying those are not out of the realm of no. possibility. Those are all really good games on Thanksgiving, right? Cheshire's a really good team. Staples is a very good team. Prep's a really good team. Uh, Trumbull's a really good team. Darianne can beat New Canaan on Thanksgiving. That game gets thrown out the window. And then Maloney and Platt. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but you look at the top six, even seven with Hamden, even Ansonia at nine. I mean, it's not possible, but you look at the top 10, all 10 of the, all nine of these 10 teams, because two play each other, nine of these 10 teams can lose on Thanksgiving. Let's take a look at the uh, the the two media polls now. The day of New London's coaches poll, they're always the one that I wish I had 
You know, the coaches vote the way I vote, the way I would have voted, you know, or the way I did vote. Let's look at it right now. Game time CT, obviously our poll. Number one is Southern They have eight first place votes. Number four. Number two is Greenwich. They have four first place votes, eight and one and eight and one. Number three, West Haven with 10 first place votes. They get 10 and they can't, which means everyone's voting them way down there. The Everyone else, which is just nuts. Maloney has two first place votes. I mean, ah, what the heck at this point? They're number four. Then it goes St. Joseph, New Canaan, Hamden at seven, Ansonia at eight, Staples at nine. And the new team this week is Newtown getting in over North Haven, which uh, lost to Fairfield Prep. Over at the days, the West Haven Blue Devils with 11 of 12 first place votes. They are number one in the days poll. Greenwich, number two, which is kind of like what I had. Southern in three, St. Joseph four. This is how I voted, to be completely honest with you. Maloney, five. New Canaan 6, Hamden 7, Newtown 8, Fairfield Prep getting in over Newtown, which, all right, you can argue that. And then they give a little love to Ansonia at number 10. Uh, that is the day's coaches poll. Who's right? Who's wrong? I mean, you know, at this point, it's all based on what you think and what you know. So uh, nobody really cares. What we do care about, though, Pete, are the, the rankings in the state playoffs, which, okay, so we'll, with all the craziness that was going on we can finally start looking at the playoff points and who's who is in and who is out so here's what we've done mike Fornabal, shout out he's done a bunch of calculations here um i did two of the divisions that's the first time i've ever had little help i needed it with i haven't done any with yeah we've, we've tried to set something up but uh pete's busy doing the, the thanksgiving day preview capsules so we'll we'll give him that task mike and i have been going back and forth with the uh with the playoff rounds, and here is what the situation is. Six divisions. We now, instead of 32, we now have 48 teams in the playoffs this year over six divisions. And as of a week and a half left, this is week 11, which is about half the schedule, not even, and then Thanksgiving. So that's a week and a half left. Um, we have 27 of 48 teams have already clinched, unofficially clinched state playoff berths. And a handful of those have clinched home games. A couple have already clinched first-round buys. But here it is. In Class Double L, the whole thing is set. Class Murray won to get in, and then Staples needed to hang on to beat Ridgefield, uh, which game effort by Ridgefield was not going down without a fight. But Staples hangs on to beat them 14-11 to to knock them out. Glastonbury officially clinches or unofficially clinches. Greenwich, West Haven, Southington, Staples, Hamden, Trumbull, Fairfield Prep, and Glastonbury. Basically, we're just looking at seeding at this point. If Glastonbury wins their final game, I believe that it is against Simsbury. Uh, I think they will get in. Uh, they will go over Fairfield Prep for the final spot. Anyway, so then in Class L, you have St. Joseph, Naugatuck, Newtown, New Canaan, and Maloney. Three spots left. Class Double M. SMSA is the only one at 9-0. Everybody else still up for grabs. A lot of teams are very close. Class M, Berlin is the top seed easily right now, 9-0. And, uh, and they have a home game. Then you have Law, Rockville, Notre Dame, West Haven decided they weren't going to wait to be 5-5 five and five and get in. They beat Shelton up. Picota had a great game again for them uh, to, to get the Green Knights. The 2022 Class M champion Green Knights are officially in the building. Uh, ATI at 7-1, and there are only... What uh, three spots left there? Class Double S, Foreign, 9 0, Wyndham, 8 1, Cromwell, Portland. We didn't even mention Cromwell, Portland goes down to defeat. Alex Hare's back, though, baby. 
back and ready to go. We thought he would he'd be lost for the season, broke his leg. Now he's all the way back. Uh, great job by that, but your boys over there ringing the bell, Pete, beating Cromwell Portland, ending their 20, what, 22, 23 game win streak, dating back to 2019. A great job by Rockville, uh, they, who are now uh, are in the running. Oh, they're, actually, got, that, that they're in. That yeah, I got, a, I got a text message uh, from one of my spies uh, who said, Rockville ain't dead yet, baby. So the Rams are rocking. Yeah, the Rams, who are we're runners-up in class M solely last year, are now back in the playoffs there. Maybe they can beat Notre Dame. We'll see. Or Berlin or Law. But uh, good to see Eric Knickerbocker and the guys back. Um, so that's class double S, three teams in there. And then S, Antonio, your top seed. Uh, David Cassetti and the Chargers just uh, pulled away from Seymour. Seymour showed up in that game. Winning uh, at half. Week. What's that? Yeah, for much of the half. Still and then uh, half, yeah. Ansonia, as it does, pulled away. But not a bad job there by Dresdick and the guys. Seymour is very close, even though there are five teams right now that are clinched here. Ansonia, Holy Cross, even though Holy Cross is playing as we speak. Uh, they're playing Torrington. They should win that. But even regardless, they're in. Woodland, despite their loss at Naugatuck, in at 7-2. Bloomfield. Finally with Bloomfield, I went up there last uh, last Thursday, and I got to see. I've never been. I've never been to a game at Bloomfield before. They go really? against Platt. No, I've never played watched the game. I've been before. I've been at Bloomfield like ten times in the yeah, last like, three I've never, years. I've never. You're the CCC guy. I know. Apparently so. Yeah. But you had you had <laughs> Bloomfield. They get in. Uh, they were up twenty-seven and another yeah, pick six. Uh, you had uh, one-handed catches by uh, Davian Kerr, who was great. You know, Foster's throwing touch. They had they had a punt return. Sorry, a muff punt touchdown to put them up 34 to 7 going into the half. And then uh, they could have added one more, but they I don't know what they were doing. But the second half, all Platt. Platt's going nuts, and they get within uh they actually tie the game up 34-34. Bloomfield finally able to pull that one out though with about three minutes left. They went right down. Jaden Johnson, who scored a touchdown earlier in the game. He has a 16-yard touchdown pass from da- uh, from da- Darian Foster to put them up 40 to 34. Platt goes right back down the other way, but turns it over on downs about the 20-yard line, and that was it. Platt, though, still not done yet. If they beat Maloney, they have a decent, or if not a decent, better than decent chance of getting into the class double M playoffs. Pete. Yeah, I mean that game on Thanksgiving obviously means a lot, and uh, I thought Platt was going to pull it off. I was like watching from my phone and I'm like come on baby come on Panthers bought out because I picked them I was the only one to pick them in the pickums uh, so I needed to steal that point but uh now look the Panthers are gonna fight Bruin Bruin's gonna fight um they just if that game was two minutes longer you know kind of one of those kind of things but 27 point comebacks nothing to uh sneeze at they're they're a good team here's your boy Jason Bruin on uh why they got off to such a slow start and uh, what the, of course, the starter bowl means in a couple of weeks. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, look, there were a lot of heartbroken kids on that field, but uh, he knows that, that's, that the season's far from over. And uh, so the starter bowl figures be a good one. Uh, you know, I mean, basically, they just played soft in the first half. You know, what I mean, these guys came out there, Bloomfield's freaking, you know, pretty legit. They got some athletes. And, uh, you know, they, they were, they came out like a, like a ball of fire on us. And, you know, our kids were just like, eh, this is maybe not where we want to be. You know, and, and, and the resiliency, you know, we talked about, you know, sustaining for the half and, and working in the third and fourth quarter. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was an X's and O's thing. It was not like we made a ton of, of uh, corrections or anything like that. It was just about, hey, 
step up and start playing like football. I mean, you still got a you know a little life here still left, and you got a team that you know you guys love to play. <laughs> Everybody well, loves to see. Well, they're waiting there every year, so and they just lost tonight. So yeah, I mean, I there's a lot going on for the starter bowl again. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, I don't I don't know if we want it any other way. I mean. You know, we've been in, I've been in situations either as a player or as a coach where, you know, either we're super favored or they're super favored. And it's, I, I kind of like them a little bit more even and, and let's go battle. And uh, it always makes for a good game when, when both teams are uh, ready to go. So, you know, we're going to do our best to, you know, to give out, as, as play as hard as we can and, and give a great show on Thanksgiving morning. You know, I think it was good for, for Ty's guys, Ty Outlaw's guys. You know, they, had, they were down 15 against... Or they were up 15 against Killingly, lost, and they were up what 20, uh, 17 points against Berlin and lost. So where uh, Berlin had a 20, 17 point comeback, I think they were up 16 against Berlin. But uh, you know, he just says, "Look, we're just we're just not a deep team, and these are young kids, and they're just getting gassed." And it was good for them to finally respond. But you know, 27, I know you're gassed, but 27, you got to move the ball, get the first downs, uh, Bloomfield. But uh, they're going to be dangerous in. Uh, in class S for sure. It means everything. It means everything, especially against a good team like Platt to, you know, you know, pull it out in the end and, and keep fighting because uh, those are rough games that we lost. It hurt us, you know, but they learn from those type of games. That's how you learn and try to be a good team. So I felt like those were learning points and now we're, we're able to finish. That's where we stand with the playoffs right now. Pete, I mean, there are a bunch of winning in types uh, if you really want me to just go through it really quick here. Obviously, Class L is, is finished. We'll, we'll skip right to Class L. Uh, right now, uh, Cheshire, Darien, and New Milford, Pete, which knocked off Shaven and Barlow uh, with a, a pretty big win there. They are now in position to maybe get the, maybe their first playoff burn ever uh, if they can beat your boys from New Fairfield on, uh, on Thanksgiving week, Pete. Uh, but if Cheshire can beat Southington, they're in. If Darian can beat New Canaan, they're in. And if New Milford can beat New Fairfield, they're in. And uh, after that, Shelton now needs the help. He needs to beat uh, Xavier, which plays a couple days before Thanksgiving now instead of Derby. Shelton needs to win that and then hope one of those teams above it lose. Middletown also lurking in there. Uh, the uh, the Dragons with a really tough 7-6 to six loss to Weathersfield. Uh, in uh, on Saturday, right, we were both at that game for half. Nobody scored, but we were there. But nope. uh, so they need to win as well. They play uh, Berlin to finish off this week uh, on Friday, and uh, if they can win that, then someone above them is going to need to lose. Uh, but right now, uh, that's where you're looking at Class L. I don't see it. No one else is in, even in the running there, so there might be a shot for one of these teams to to maybe get in with a loss. Who knows? But uh, but Shelton's waiting for someone above them in Middletown, waiting for something. They got to win, though. I mean, um, I, look, just looking at the paper, you know, Cheshire hasn't beaten Southington in, I think, nine years or nine tries. Um, Darianne hasn't beat New Canaan the last four times they've played. Uh, you know, they didn't beat them. Was it four? Yeah, they beat them Pines freshman year. And then Drew Pine went three and one against them. He won three in a row. And then New Canaan won last year. So four in a row, New Canaan over Darianne. Uh, I'm not sure of the history of New Milford, New Fairfield, but I think Fairfield's New Fairfield. Late, I think. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of sets up perfectly for Shelton if they're able to win on Tuesday. Um, and, and Middletown, I mean, it puts them both in. If Middletown can win, 
this weekend and Shelton can win Tuesday uh, of Thanksgiving week, then they're just kind of sitting. I mean, they'll be scoreboard watching New Milford, New Fairfield, because they also play Tuesday. Um, and then those two games on Thanksgiving, I'm sure we'll see a bunch of Shelton coaches out at Cheshire and, and uh, at the Cheshire game and the Darien game <laughs> to see if they'll get in. Because, uh, look, if I was a betting man and I'm not a betting man, um, I like Shelton's odds to have at least one of those teams lose. I think I think they if I'm Mike DeFelice and the guys, I, I like my chances as well. I mean, Southern Cheshire, like you just said, New Milford's uh, is a, New Fairfield is 11 and four against New Milford since 2006, and the last time they lost to New Milford was 2017. So they've won three straight right now, uh, and uh, you know that's usually it, what do, I don't even know what, what do they call that game? I forget what it's called. Oh no! It's uh, the candle, the Candlewood the Cup. Candle Cup. That's what. I I don't know if you know. I'm doing all the things. I'm I'm putting together the Thanksgiving yeah, no. capsules. So I know all the names right now. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We gotta put the names. You have a name. Anyway, moving over to Class M, like we just class double M. Uh, we looked at uh, SMSA, the only team that's clinched. But Killingly, Weathersfield, and Northwest United are very very close, and so is Ma- and Massick. Winning in for them, Weathersfield winning in for them, Killingly winning in for them. But I think Killingly and Weathersfield are very close anyway. Thames River, same deal. And Northwest United, like I said, same deal. And uh, North Haven beating Amity, which they typically do on Thanksgiving night in this case. They're very close to clinching with So that's only basically one spot there. We'll talk to Fleet about his chances in a little bit. But Will, Will, Windsor, if they don't beat Bloomfield, they're going to be finished. Um, and then there's also Guilford, which is kind of hanging around there. Uh, EO Smith and Fitch are very, it's very tough for them. But, and Wilton's uh, just hanging out. What's that? <laughs> Wilton's just hanging out. Yeah, they, Wilton, they don't Wilton got. They're done. Waiting. I mean, they, Wilton would need Platt, Guilford, which is possible. Losing Windsor, losing to maybe squeak in there at with a 115 average. Uh, but right now, if Windsor lose, if things go the way. To form like Massac, North Haven, Weathersfield, Killingly, Northwest United, and Thames River all get in. Uh, and let's say Windsor loses to Bloomfield. If Platt beats Maloney, that's it. And Platt might well, even could even get over Windsor if they do win that game. So if if Windsor lose, but if Windsor loses to Bloomfield, and Platt loses to Maloney, could Platt jump them because of more strength of schedule points? Windsor winning doesn't quite put them there. Platt winning will probably get over Windsor if they both lose it might open the door up for Wilton to get in at seven and three they're just sitting there waiting um Guilford's mathematically involved uh is, is in there but they got to be saving in hand and they never beat hand Neil Smith did not did not do himself any favors by losing last week um you know they'll be caught ta- ta- so that it's basically looking like for the last spot Windsor w- winner or Platt winner will get in depending or if they both lose maybe Wilton uh, that's double M and Massick, even with a loss, Massick can get in. I think Massick and North Haven, even let let's say those two lost, I think Massick will still get in with a, with with a with a loss. They'll, they'll have to hold off somebody, but I think they're they already have a hundred more playoff points than the others, so uh, or more than a hundred playoff points than the others. So I think they're going to be in good shape, Massick, even with a loss to to New. I mean, they're they're close. So, uh, but if they win, they're definitely in. We haven't quite gotten all the details down on Class Double M. There are plenty of games going on this week, so we'll have to kind of wait on that a little bit. But anyway, moving over to Class M, 
As we mentioned, Berlin, Law, Rockville, Notre Dame, West Haven, and ATI are all in. Ram can clinch with the, if it wins its last two. They're playing as we speak as well. They're playing Avon. Um, if they win, they'll get in. Now, North. Now, the, the weird one here is Hartford Public. I don't know quite what's going on. They had one game that was suspended or postponed, and they have not had a makeup date yet. They got two games left. If that game becomes a forfeit, then they get the points from it. Um, and then they got two teams, and then they got two two games left versus, versus New Britain and Weaver. If they win those games, they'll get in. We don't know what's happened with this Northwest Catholic game right now. It's, it still has not been decided on their schedule. Uh, Brantford at 3-5 and five is actually in the, <laughs> the running here, although it's really just a mess. Uh, Woodstock is also here. If they could beat two teams, like, if they could beat Killingly, they'll certainly – catapult them but Brantford at three and five is what I was afraid of in this uh in these, these six playoff divisions uh, and I think even uh John Lamont will say I don't think his team really belongs in the playoffs but he'll take it don't, don't don't get me wrong it's a tough schedule but so that's basically what you're looking at I don't know what the situation is with Harper Public uh it's kind of a mess down there at the bottom uh it'll sort itself out at the end of this week we'll we'll we'll, we'll double back on it uh class double s Foreign, Wyndham, Cromwell, Portland. Ledger is basically almost in. Not quite, but they're almost in. They'll definitely get in with a win over Fitch. Barlow will get in with a win over Weston. Granby Canton will get in a win over, over Coventry, Wyndham Tech. And Gilbert Northwest, Hoosie will get in with a victory over St. Paul. And Valley Region's got two games left. They play Old Saybrook on Wednesday. And if they win those two games, they will get in. Then you have Ellington and Rocky Hill kind of sitting in the wings there. They're going to need a couple of those teams to lose up top. Maybe Valley, maybe Gilbert. It's A lot of these teams are favored to win, so that's going to be tough. Ellington's going to need to beat Creck and Rockville to close it out, to maybe squeeze out a spot here. And then Rocky Hill is going to need them to lose too. So uh, Rocky Hill's in trouble. They got two games left, Tallinn and Cromwell Portland as well. But uh, if Valley can win out, Old Saybrook, Westbrook, and HK, which is always a tough game, so you never know there, Ellington. But uh, if they can win those two, uh, that'll be good for Valley. And then Gilbert, obviously, beating St. Paul, they'll get in. So uh, that's Class Double S. And finally, in Class S, Exonia, Holy Cross, Bloomfield, Woodland, New Fairfield, all in. Seymour and East Catholic are very close. There's one spot left, basically. It's in HK's hands. Capital Prep, Valley or Regional, they win both of those. Uh, they will put themselves right into the spot there. And, and frankly, if they lose one of those games, then you kind of, and then they'll they'll get to a fourth loss. Then you maybe open the door a little bit here for North Brantford, which is sitting at ten behind Oxford, which is four and five. Which they got Derby left. That won't be enough to keep them ahead of, let's say, North Brantford wins. They beat Morgan and Cogginchuk to finish up. Uh, maybe North Brantford could steal a spot. If you really ask me right now, I think HK is going to get in anyway, so it's not going to be a big deal. But that's it right there. Uh, you know, like I said, he's Catholic Seymour. I think they're pretty much locks, uh, even though they haven't clinched just yet. So that's the playoff points right now, Pete. Uh, you know, just a just a crazy week as always. And, you know, I, you know, they're just games every almost. I think the only game, the only night there aren't games in the next two weeks, I think are Sunday, Tuesday and maybe next Monday. Something yeah. crazy like that. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yes. So we start Wednesday, we play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, no game Sunday, no games Monday, then Thanksgiving games start Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, no games Friday, no games Saturday, and then quarterfinals are on Tuesday. Oof. 
So just kind of a, a wild week. I mean, um... can, can can I be honest about something? Go for it. I'm trying to sell myself on Brantford getting in and upsetting Berlin. I guess so I'm trying to sell myself on now, but uh, that's wild. Um, I mean, it, I, like you said, we're going to know a lot more at the end of this week. Um, some of these Thanksgiving games are going to have a, you know, a lot more. You know, they're obviously it's going to be playoff seating on the line here, but we might see some crazy things happening. You know, a la, you know, Jonathan Locke, you know, was a five six years ago when they got in at six and four. They needed like ten things to happen, and they all happened. Whatever it was, whatever crazy year that 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 was. Um, so at least they'll add a little bit of excitement. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> which is what we're kind of looking for. I guess. I mean, you know, it's really. I guess it's really fun to see teams that are like you know below five hundred for a state playoff berth. And who knows? Maybe they make a maybe they make a run like foreign in baseball or something. Although. <laughs> So with that said, let's double back to class double M and uh, talk to a coach whose team is hanging right by a thread right now. That's Windsor coach Rob Fleet. Joining us on the show is, of course, the head football coach of Windsor High School. Just won his just earned his 200th victory as a head coach. Uh, he's been doing it 24 years for us at Weaver. Last 14 at Windsor. He's always got guys who are going to the NFL. He's always in the running for state championships or state playoffs. It's Rob Fleeting and Windsor. Coach, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Thank you guys for having me. So what yeah, can thanks you, for joining. Yeah, what can you say about your team this year? You know, it's really, you know, it's a pretty young group, huh? Yeah, pretty young. Um, I think we only have like seven seniors. Um, have one guy return on offense. Um, I think we had, you know, a linebacker. We probably had a defensive back return on defense. Um, uh, group, it's a young group that, um, don't, they don't quit. They didn't, they didn't fold. They continue to get better. I knew it was going to be, um, some struggles in the beginning of the year, just because nothing, nothing is, um, comparable to just game speed and game experiences. You know what I mean? So I got, I knew that we was going to have to go through, through that. Um, but it was some good game experiences, um, facing teams such as, you know, Shellin, uh, Southington and, you know, Weathersfield starting out with those guys. Um, it, it was tough, but uh, one thing that our kids are sure that they're, that they're competitors. They're they're, they're gonna they're gonna give us their all. So that's all we can ask. We gotta just coach them up and put them in the right positions to win. You guys lost. You know, you lost. You went to the final last year. You were right mm -hmm. in that. Uh, then you lose. You lose a bunch of guys there, and then you lose your quarterback, who was a junior. He transfers out. You know, I mean, that's not. That's kind of a. That's not you guys are used to that, you know. You guys are used to turnover, right? right? I mean, it wasn't anything that you guys weren't like, oh my god, the 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 the, the sky is falling. You always have players, right? But how was the adjustment to you know you you're gonna have a whole different team now, right? I think it was just tough. I mean, we got not just a quarterback. We lost three three uh, skill guys, receivers and D backs. We lost our running back the day before we left out the camp, you know, to go to all these guys. Are, I don't know. I guess. A lot of people from like prep schools the new wave. Um, hard to figure out, but what we <laughs> what we say is, hey, we, we have who we have, and, and we got to coach those guys up, and we got to be uh, appreciate the guys who, who stick around and want to be a part of the experience. And and I think that's the way that we look at everything is, hey, we we, we have a, eleven guys, so let's try to coach them up to win. Uh, I mean, it helps having a guy like uh, Chili Chili White. I almost called him Chili Davis again. Yeah, I always I do that. I don't know why. 
But, you know, having a guy like Chili White, I mean, kind of, you know, you have a freshman quarterback, and that's a lot to put on, you know, a young mm -hmm. person. To have a running back where you can give the ball to and kind of maybe slow things down for your quarterback, I mean, how nice is it having Chili? I think it's been great having Chili. Um, again, I think that the, the test for us has been to try to figure out who, who we have and what, what they're able to do in, in such a short period of time. Um, again, Chili, last year, he – he uh he was in the beginning of the season he was rotating that receiver because we're still trying to figure out who he was he transferred in during the COVID season so there wasn't a season we didn't know really what what he right can do. from Middletown right correct and then um <clears throat> as as last year started to go on we we're like well let's see what this guy can do you know um, so he started started trying to put the ball in his hand and he made some huge plays at receiver uh so we come back this year like geez we, we just lost his running back let's you know and I said hey I remember Sal Morella telling me hey the kids are running back and i was like really and so i said hey let's shit, let's throw him back there and see what he can do and um he, he he's been great for us um also uh john manning who's only a sophomore he, yep. he's been outstanding for us also at running back who else has really surprised you this year i mean like you said the quarterback situation you know you just kind of throw him into the deep end of the pool see what see how he does right i mean he's got the size he's got he looks like an impressive kid he, he's impressive i, I get he Keep getting how young he is, but I think he gets better every game. Um, he, he, he's picking up reads. He's, he understands his, his, his checks. He causes the protection. Um, so he's 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 coming along pretty well. Um, very impressed with the the young young lineman kids. Um, got no seniors on the line, but uh, and hopefully they'll all be back. <laughs> so we're looking to, to um, you know, to to to, to build on that. Uh, both our inside backers or our sophomores. So uh, they've been playing very well. So I think that's the exciting part is, you know, looking at who we have, where they were, you know, back in, um, you know, early August when we started practicing and how much they've developed since then. So, so it's an like, exciting. I'll continue, Coach. I'm sorry. No, you so can continue. Sorry. It's, an, it's an exciting group to coach, you know. Um, I think that's why we all get into it as coaches. So, you know, we always get self-gratification to see how, how far along we, a kid has come since you start working with them. So that that's what's fun about working with this group because they're they're young, and they're competing, and that's all we can ask. And um, so you know, try to put everything together and see what can happen before the, the year is up. You know, we we were talking about it before we started recording, but where does Windsor get guys from? I mean, where, yeah. where you know what's in the water in Windsor, right? You know, we were talking about Jason Pinnock, mm -hmm. who had a great game for the Giants this past weekend. You know, obviously, uh, Pot Roast Knighton. Is from mm -hmm. uh, Windsor, Chris Baker. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, um, Prince Samuels is up at UConn playing. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys, every year there's just guys in Windsor. So you know, what's in the water, and how do I get some? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of those guys you named, um, again, like parents um, grew up in um, Hartford, um, in a lot, you know, and and have moved here and make, you know, I guess you know migrated to Windsor and stuff like that. I, here's my thing. Like, I've lived in Windsor for the past uh, 22 years. And so, therefore, you know, when I was at Weaver as a head coach, um, one of the – sometimes we look at what we have and what we don't have, what we like as far as resources and those sorts of things, right? So, we have, we have athletes at Weaver, right? But we, we did – we lacked um, – I guess a lot of our kids lacked just – support even if it's nutrition or a place to study those sorts of things programming those sorts of things so i think that um one of the great things about windsor is like it's like a melting pot of coaches 
right? We, we, we have kids from different walks of life. Oh, you know, white kids, black kids, Asian kids, Hispanic kids. Um, you know, so it's, it's a great melting pot and um, all those kids get along well. So sometimes I feel like Windsor doesn't really know how, how, how blessed they are to have, you know, all these resources here. We got parents who want to be a part of something, parents who contribute to support and help out. So I think there's more of that piece to where we have bodies. So it's all about how do we you know, provide them with programming so that they'll be ready to go by the time the season starts. Because again, it's just kids that are present. We say, oh, we don't know what they have. Sometimes we know we have good turnover. Then sometimes like, okay, kids are taking off. What do we have left? How do we get them ready? So I just think that it's a great place to coach a sport. You know, I think, you know, we do well in other sports, baseball, basketball, yeah. you know, so it, it's, it's just a great place to coach, to, to coach. I think the think the support that the parents give and that the community gave is pretty, pretty good. Oh, well, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, coaching at Windsor and, you know, then you go to, to, uh, you coached at Weaver, then you go to Windsor, uh, you know, you won your 200th game this past week. Uh, so congrats for that. Not Thank number you. one, but is it nice to see Weaver back? you know, as a program standing on its own, uh, you know, under Jude Kelly, you know, after all the success yeah. that you had there? Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, Weaver's like dear to my heart. You know, that's where I was raised at. You know, that's where I'm from. Um, and again, I think the best thing about um, that community and, and, and those kids um, that, are, that are from the whole north end of Harvard is that sometimes, you know, we we try to look for something that 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 motivates us to, to work hard every day, and I don't think people realize how much the sport like football in the North End that we've a high school. When I came up, and also when I coached there, that meant a lot to kids, a, a, a whole lot. It kept kids out of trouble. Kids, um, they wanted to listen. They just wanted to be a part of something that was positive. So when that went away, you know, it was you know I think everybody who went to we high school, it was kind of like you know. It was, it was a sad time. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what's happening to our school? So to see that, it, to see it comes back, you know, you wish wish it the best for, for the program and, and the people that's running the program. For sure. And just quickly, uh, you talked about the success of the the programs at Windsor. Uh, my guy, Eli Fangillo. Yeah, Fangillo. Uh, yeah. Fangillo, the long locks, great yeah. first baseman. I heard yes. he's a pretty good center. Oh man, he's just a pretty good athlete. I mean, he's 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 a swimmer too. Yes, I did know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a swimmer too. Um, uh, he's a he's an awesome kid, man. He, he's just he's smart, you, you know. So you better know what you're saying. <laughs> you better know what you're doing as a coach because he's going to ask you a couple of questions. And you you got to know your stuff. I mean, he's the kind of kid. He, he, I don't even think he would play if he felt he had a coach that didn't know what they were doing because he he knows he knows the game. You know, so I'm quite sure he, he treats baseball and swimming the same way. What was what uh, was it hair. like, Coach? What was it like, you know, winning, uh, you know, 200? I mean, did you go like, oh, my God, I'm old. You know, you've been, <laughs> you know, you've been all over the place and you have won championships and, you know, but now you're, you know, winning 100. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it must be, it must be nice. So how, what, what was the night like? Oh, man, it was, it was, yeah, I'll tell you, it was, it was weird. You know, I won. I was against South Windsor and uh, Dave Hodge. And when I graduated from college in uh, 93, Dave Hodge took me on the Weaver staff as an assistant coach. Oh. And, and Dave Dave is like a brother to me. Dave Dave taught me how to coach. You know, um, Dave taught me how to build a program. Um, a lot, most of the things that I learned about programming 
came from Dave Hodge. So I thought that was special. A lot of guys that I coached with when I was at Weaver, they showed up to the game. A lot of former players showed up from both schools. And um, I was it was more I was more thankful and appreciative because I know that I couldn't do any of those things without the people that I've come across, you know, since I've been coaching. So I, it was more of a, a night to where I was, I was thankful, you know, thankful for the, the people that supported me, thankful for my, my family, and just, just thankful. I think that um, it's a, it was just a moment where I realized that there's, there's really not nothing. I mean, we can do a lot of things, but it doesn't mean nothing if you don't appreciate the people that surround you. So it's more that me being thankful for those people. That's what it's all about, about the relationships you build. You know, you help these kids out, and then they come back. They're older. They got families, and you're like, there, I did my job. You know, and you're like, and they're, like, thankful. You know, it's right. like that. That's the way life is, you know. That's but do you, do you feel old now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I, don't, I don't want to admit it yet. <laughs> Sometimes I sit around, and I go, man, that's a, that's, a, that's it's been a long time. I mean. <laughs> You think about it, I became a, uh, a head coach in 99, but I, I started coaching in 93, yeah. you know, as an assistant. So I'm like, man, this, it's been a long time. What's your yeah, best well. co- team you ever coached? Putting you on the spot here. Oh, man. You've had some good ones. And they all listen to the show, so they'll all yeah. <laughs> they'll all take this personal. <laughs> you can name a couple just to keep cover your bases. The, the best team I ever coached. Yeah, what's like? Yeah, what's the one that best team or most talented? Those are two. Let's different. go with best team that go <laughs> most talented. Ah, oh, wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, probably the probably the ah, uh, so the, the best team, the best team I ever coached. I would have to say the 2014 championship team. Yeah, All right. good team because because they were they were a team like they they liked each other, they supported each other. Like if we got on somebody, told them they got to run, and the kid said, "I'm not running." They would they would make sure that kid ran. They, like they all would run with them. Like it was, they were together, you know. So that that was a, that was a very good team. That was a really good team. They beat the what was it, Nico Organi and Notre Dame, right? Yeah. If I'm not correct. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of talent on the field that day. Who'd you have yeah. on that team? Yeah. Uh, was Benny on that team, or was that there? Benny Falls, Tyler Coyle. Yeah, Coyle. Um, Tyler Coyle. Isaiah Huff. Um, Kavon Bennett. Jermaine Welcome. Uh, John Nolan. Oh, that's right. Um, Nolan, the pitcher. Yeah. We had, we had, we had uh, Malik Brush. Uh, and I think I think Pennock was a sophomore. Yeah, yeah, 14. Yep. Yeah. Pennock was a sophomore. What was wow. the most ta- – that was a pretty talented team. Yeah, I was going to say, that's yeah. not the most talented team. Yeah, that's not no, the most I, talented you ever had. Come on. No, I think the most talented team I had was my second year at Weaver. And we didn't make the playoffs. We went eight and two. Oh. But we had – oh, my gosh. We, we had a lot of talent on that team. But, I, yeah. I mean, we had uh, we had TJ Stanley. Um, we had Stanley Williams. Mm. Joe Bell for like we had a stable of running backs. Uh, Tim Rush was quarterback, and you know we had a lot of talent. But I don't think that I was experienced enough to know to coach them better. Right. You know, like if I'd have known things that I know today, I'd be like, wow. You know, I could have did a few more things with that team. But um, you know, we developed, we learned. But I thought that that team, if I could have that team back, I I, I wonder how the season went. Wait, wow, that? that's a that's a very that was two thousand. That's a very mature answer a, a long-time coach answer yeah yeah that yeah. was that was a good answer yeah 
<laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm looking at your your year by year um, for your 200 wins, and you've never finished under 500. You know, um, once we had a, uh, one of the track coaches had told me that one day. I was like, huh? He's like, you know, you never had a losing season? Like, never had a losing In 20 uh, years, I mean, that's crazy to do because – it's high school, right? You're you're dependent yeah. on the families that move in, the kids that go to the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how much, you know, is that the kids, the coaching staff? I mean, you obviously have a great staff around you. Uh, but, I mean, to never, you know, in a, you know, we're talking about this year where you lost so many great players, whether mm-hmm. to transfer or graduation, and here you guys are six and three with the chance to go back to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, I get a, my coaching staff a lot of credit. A lot of credit. They would when we put a lot of time in, just like other coaching staffs that, that do. Um, I think the teams that are successful are the ones who um who are with their kids all year round. And it's not really about just the football, it's about building relationships, right? It's about um, hey, having dinners together, you know, just trying to build build a family. Um, I think that when you're able to do that with kids. Um they they will do anything that they can not to try to disappoint you. They they want to grow and they want to develop. Um, so it's, it's been that. It's been the the kids that we have, uh, administration. Like they have to be supportive of the things that you're doing, and um and families. So I think that is again, it's more about programming, right? It's where like when I was at uh, I think like my third or fourth year at Weaver, um, one of the coaches said to me, so, so the coach like mentor Tim Sullivan, who's now like the uh, superintendent of Craig Schools, he said um. He said, "You uh, what did he say? He said, we're a good, we're a good team, but we're not a good program. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like that was a little fit. I said, what are you talking about? He said, we're a good team, but we're not a good program. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, we, we, we have to put things in place to where it doesn't matter which kids are here. The results are going to be the same every, every, every year. Right. We're, we're, he said, so that's what we have to do. Right? We got to continue to build the program. And I always keep that in the back of my mind because that um, I still do that today to where I say, what do we need to do better? What do we have to do better? How do we program better? So in programming, I have to do, I would say, more, it was more important than the offseason than the season. Because, again, you're trying to implement um, a foundation, you know, for kids to to, um, to adapt and to hold on to and to believe in. So they have to be, you have to set programming up and as kids have to believe in it and is um we we're hoping that by the, by the end of the season through a reflection of the um the record and kids graduating and moving on to post secondary education or post secondary plans of how successful are we with supporting kids and doing those things? How many kids have you coached that have gone on to play professionally? Maybe even the NFL. How you have a you know the number or, or is it like you have to like really think about it because you've had so many? Um. Wow. Um is that a bunch, really right? Not a bunch. You know, um, ones that have made it. Um, you know, I think before I, I don't think any of them from Weaver. Um before I got to Windsor, Mark Welch was head coach, and I know Mark Welch was coaching coach Terrence Knighton, and he coached uh Chris Baker and Demique Scaffy. Um uh, Demique Scaffy played with the Chargers. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so when since I've gotten here, I've had um Ryan Delaire, who was with the Panthers championship or well, Super Bowl team. Um who was to have Jason Pinnock and Tyler Coyle. 
Mm-hmm. So those three. Oh, okay. That's like three more than most coaches yeah. ever said. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and those kids are great kids. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. So it's weird because when you have them, you don't, you're not even thinking of anything like that. It's just it's, it's, from the ones that I've had, it was like the, the growth from like junior year to senior year. It was extraordinary to me. You just see a change of attitude and just a change in commitment level. Like Tyler Coyu and Jason Pinnock started on a championship basketball team for Coach Smith their junior year, right? So going into their senior year, they quit the basketball team to run indoor track. You know, so it's like, hey, I said, what are you guys doing? And he said, I'm trying to make it to the league. So I, we got to work on our speed. We got to, they both said the same thing. And this was different years they graduated. But they, they, they made a decision and made a commitment. And, you know, sometimes that's what it takes, doing, doing stuff that other people wouldn't do. You had, you had, a, you had ASAP swap, right? Yes. Yes. What My was guy. he like to coach? Oh, man, a, a blessing. Like, like a, never said anything mean or anything. It's, it's like when he got on the field, he would just crush people. <laughs> but he 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 was he was a really good kid. Yeah. yeah, he um he was one of the first Notre Dame football players that. So I grew up on Long Island. My dad's yeah. a huge no, Notre Dame fan. We used to go to whenever they played at Giant Stadium, and he was yeah. one of the players that I loved growing up. I had no idea he was from Connecticut. I couldn't yeah. point out Connecticut on a map at the time. Now yeah. I find out he's from Hartford. Went to Weaver. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is this is my guy. You know, it's so weird. Yeah, ASAP. And I uh, had his older brother, Andrew. They were a year apart. Um, and Andrew was the mean one. A- Andrew coaches with me now. But Andrew was the mean guy. Like, he was <laughs> tough. He didn't play any games. So when the ASAP was getting recruited, it was weird. That's when we had the VHS tapes. And so yeah. I was like, man, let me put together a highlight of, of him. So I sent one to Maryland. And I said, I'm going to send one to Notre Dame. I, I don't, I, it just popped in my head. Let me send one to Notre Dame. And so I sent it. Then all of a sudden, one day, the, you know, like, Phone call to my room. Say, hey, Notre Dame's down here. I said, Ooh. Notre Dame West Haven. You Notre mean? Dame West Haven. Yeah. Right. And so Palmer I Gucci. go down, and it was one of the assistant coaches, and he's like, "Hey, I seen the film of this guy." He said, "Can I meet him?" So I brought him downstairs, and he's like, oh, "Okay." And he said, "Hey, I'm gonna invite him to our top 100 camp. You guys think you can get him out there?" I'm like, "Yeah, we get him out there." <laughs> so we go. I'll out drive there. him out there. Yeah. <laughs> You go out there and this kid had the biggest smile on his face, like it's a little baby, just 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 in Disneyland or something. So he was, he was just one of the he is not one of them. He is the most humble young man or humble person I've ever met in my life. Mm. You know, he, he's just a, a nice, nice you know, human being. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost been 10 years since he's been gone, which is just mind blowing. You know, I talk about feeling old, but it's yeah, you know, he died of non Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. And it was right. That which is just crushing and just gone to yeah. and it's weird. Like you said, you know, I seen him uh, in a gym, and so I, I walk up to him and say, "Hey, is everything all right?" And he, he told me about everything. He's like, "Yeah, you know, this is my situation." And I said, "Are you okay? Are you nervous? Are you scared?" He's like, "No, I'm okay." He he was still coming to the gym, working out as he was going through his, his treatment and all that stuff. Wow. always positive never sad about anything so you know it, i don't know that's that's why i say you know sometimes when when things i think get tough for me just in my personal life sometimes i'm like i don't have anything to complain about you know yeah. what i mean like it has a motivation for me in many ways so I, i've been it's a blessing for me to for us to cross paths 
Yeah. No, I don't want to jump too far back, but you are a Southern alum like I am. Yes, sir. And you played at Southern and you mm-hmm. were, you guys were a good team. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Stockmill was the quarterback of your team, the Oxford coach. Yes, sir. Wow, I, I find, miss. I find wild. Yeah. Um, my only touchdown pass from Joe Stockmill. I was going to ask, did he throw it to you? That was my first question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, because it's something, you know, Southern hasn't been able to do, not to knock our alma mater, but how did it feel to actually beat UNH in a football game? Oh, man. Because <laughs> Southern oh, hasn't done amazing. it in a long time. I'm pretty yeah, sure boy, since you amazing. guys beat them in 91, Southern's only won like three times against them. Wow, that was that track meet game. I think it was a 64 to 61 or something. 64-60. For since then, Southern beat them in 98 and 2009. That's it. Wow. Including twice was... this year, twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was a that was a tough rivalry right there. Well, I don't even but like they they used to you know they I guess again they 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 had us. I mean they had our numbers, but um that year we had a really good team. We should have been much better than what we finished. What did we finish? Seven and three or something. Like we had a we had a really good team. Our offense was outstanding. Um, we just had some problems stopping people, but we we were we were loaded we was loaded with that team offensively. <laughs> All right, I just got to get my, you know, I was talking to Chris Anderson, the Naugatuck coach. And I'm like, can you let Southern win one, please? Yeah. And he's like, no. I'm like, all right, thanks. Is Chris at New Haven? No, uh, no, he was the uh, quarterbacks coach when they brought the program back. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So like, there's yeah. a, a little back and forth between him and I. I just want Southern to win one. They won right. my, uh, they won my sophomore year. That 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 was it. I wasn't even there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll get it back. Yeah, hopefully. It's talking about, you know, the now, uh, you know, your season a little bit. You started off with Weathersfield. And Pete, what, what was the question you had for, for Fleet about that game? Oh, man. Do you regret not going for two? Uh, sorry, do you regret going for two at the end of the Weathersfield game? Now <laughs> that the, the way the chips have fallen? <laughs> playing, playing Monday morning quarterback here. At that moment, I didn't regret it. I, I didn't regret it a week later. I didn't regret it two weeks later. Um I would say probably two weeks ago, I sat there and said, man, what if I would have went for one? I, I'll tell you the, the situation was that we didn't have a we didn't have a kicker no. who showed us that they can kick the ball through the uprights. Yeah. Right. But we had a runner who showed him he couldn't run the ball. Yeah. Right. So it came to one of those things. It's early in the season. Right. Um, we got two kickers, neither like a of them were, were being successful in practice. We put them in after the first touchdown. It went wide left, right? And it's like, okay, that's where it always goes, right? <laughs> so when we um, scored the, the the last touchdown, I was like, if we put this guy in, right? <laughs> Again, we got young kids. We really don't know what they can do. What we've seen in practice, he hasn't been successful kicking it. Or do we go with this guy who, who's been running the crap out of the ball? You know, so and and that was the decision. So I, I guess if you put me back in that same situation, knowing what I knew, I would have did the same thing. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't really, yeah, you can't really second guess yourself. Plus, it was the first game of the year. You have a whole season yeah. left, you know. But yeah. uh, now you're like right in the thick of it here. You got to be Bloomfield to to win uh, to to get yourself. A position. It's not quite guaranteed, but you know, obviously a huge game. You guys haven't played. Ty with Outlaw was telling me. You guys mm-hmm. haven't played for a few years, like a long time, since like 2010 or something. But I tell me about so. how this game came about. Wait, when was it? I think 2010. Yeah, something like that. 
but yeah. it's been a while. And these are two communities that are right next to each other. They don't ever play. Yeah. Like, what are we got? Like, this is like a natural fit. So tell me how this came together and, uh, you know, and how excited you guys are about playing a big game, two neighboring towns and, you know, lots of kids know each other. You know how that goes. I mean, this is going to be. Yeah. Um. I don't know, we used to always uh, go back and forth, myself and Ty, be like, hey, why aren't we, we need to play, we need to play. Um, I think it was a concern that, um, it was a concern, I think the AD, an AD had a concern. Mm. Um, because, it, and it was, I would say the, 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 the concerns were legit. I mean, it was getting to a point to where it was, adults were getting into fights, you know, where it was, you know, it's supposed to be something that was fun you know, exciting for communities. And it started to evolve into something else to where it was really being taken as a, we we going to get you, <laughs> you going to yeah, get us. a little and, too seriously, right? Yeah, right, right. So, and I think that was a concern that um, one of the ADs had. So that's how, <clears throat> that's why the series stopped. And that's why I was trouble getting it back going again. Um, finally, both sides agreed to, do it again um and i think you know everybody's excited about that yeah well what, what i mean they're very talented they got some receivers they got you know the mm -hmm. quarterback's been pretty good they're a young team as well you know they mm -hmm. got a big bowling ball up front you know what do you guys got to do to stop them oh man just um just play sound just been doing do what we've been doing all year um i think that um that's what i'm most impressed about with our kids is that we really can't worry too much about what they do. We got to worry about what we do. And again, just make sure that we're sound against them. Um, I think they definitely got some, some great athletes. Um, they, 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 they're quick, they're fast. Um, and we, we want to see how we match up against them. Um, I'm excited. I think we also have some great athletes who are, who are quick and fast. And so I, I'm looking forward to the, to the, um, to the matchup. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a real exciting week this uh, weekend. This week, Coach, I mean, you're competing with all the state championships, which is, oh, man, you're killing us. You couldn't play yeah. it on like a, you know, Sunday or a Friday afternoon or something. I don't know. But, but hey, it sounds like a lot of people are fired up. Ty's fired up. I mean, you guys are fired up. Should be a really mm -hmm. good game. And, uh, you know, and then we'll see what happens, you know, well, for on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We'll see where the cards fall and whether you guys are going to be getting Class M, Double M. I mean, uh the last thing I'll ask you is, you know, what do we got to do about these playoffs, coach? What's the situation here? I mean, you know, half these teams in your league, you guys, I don't want to say you beat them up, but I've been saying it all year. You beat them up. I mean, do we need to like do some power rating? I don't know. What do we got to do here? I don't know. It is weird. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, I think it's tough. I think that I, I guess the biggest thing that, that that's tough for me is that, I think like a lot of conferences are trying to make things balanced for the teams in their conference, right? So I think that they're afraid of teams dropping out of their conference, right? But it's not, again, if you're, if, if I'm a double M school, right? I don't, I don't mind playing double M teams, L teams or double L teams. The, the, the issue is other double M teams that probably don't play any double M teams, and they're playing M and S teams. Yeah. Right. So, so that's, that's the tough part. So it's like, I wish that um, there's a way for teams to not be able to play down. Like if you're going to qualify for, let's just say the class L tournament, then you should be playing class L teams are higher unless, right. you know, unless they choose a loading choose, Hey, I want to play this thing. Right. 
So I, I that's the I don't I understand one or two that that's cool, but it's like if the majority of your schedule is lower than the conference that you're you know trying to play in a qualify for a playoff for that that that's kind of tough. That's kind of a tough pill as well. I think part of the thing is that we need to acknowledge that there are definitely certain levels here. We need to figure out a way to balance that out because I know, <laughs> I mean, I, and I don't want to kill those guys, but you know, you guys were in when you guys got matched up with with Cheney last year. Uh, we thought Cheney was a good team. I don't know if they should be playing at that level. That was kind of like the the argument. We're not trying to knock Cheney. Cheney's a good program, but mm-hmm. at their level, they are. And you guys win sixty two to zero, and uh, and then you guys go fresh into St. Joe, which had just had a dog fight with hand. You know, St. Yeah. Joe. You know, it was a little bit of like you guys didn't have to do much, and you guys were all fresh, and St. Joe's kind of maybe beat up. That's that was kind of an issue, but. You know, I, I, I totally agree with you what you said. Mm-hmm. You can't if you're going to be it's the same thing with it's like with Sheehan. Sheehan's playing a, like a double L or an L schedule or an M schedule. Mm-hmm. And they're in the class double S playoffs or right. they're not now because they play all those teams. You know, right, so right. it has right. got to be a way to fix that. Right. Yeah. I don't, you find out. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But anyway, that's not here. You know, yeah. there. We've been, we complain about that way too much in here. So uh, anyway, coach, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Thanks great conversation. Congrats on the win and go get them on Saturday. We'll, we'll, and maybe we'll see you, uh, you know, after Thanksgiving. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate you having me. Thanks. Absolutely. Coach. coach. Thanks all a right. lot. Very good. That was Rob fleeting. Lots of football there, man. Lots of football. He's uh, been to the pinnacle. He's uh Coach some great players. I mean, he's uh, fast becoming a, if he's not already, he's already fast becoming a coaching legend here in, uh, in Connecticut high school. Yeah. Rob's one of the best. He's just a great guy to talk football with, whether it's on this show or in person before a game or whatever, just like, you know, just so knowledgeable about the game. And he cares really a lot about his kids, the program, you know, make, you know, obviously having good football players, but making them into, you know, molding them uh, into, you know, good people. And, uh, you know, it's nice when that happens and you win games and he's won 200 of them. So that's a big game that they got against uh, Bloomfield this weekend. Like I just said, uh, you know, it's kind of tough. They're playing on championship weekend where all the other sports are having championships. Plus you have the Nepsack Bulls. You have a uh, uh, Brunswick versus Choate for the Nepsack New England overall championship that that just got announced on Sunday. You know, that's being played at the same time. Well, there's lots of games. You know, they have Hall Connor going on that day. Yale Harvard going on that day. It's a big sports day. You know, getting crowded with a lot of things there. So well, hopefully we'll be, get to be able to check them out. But, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the one thing we didn't mention at the top, Pete, is uh, just quickly that uh, the CIC finally, we know where we're playing our state championship matchups. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. We're going back to Rentschler Field and Southern, uh, sorry, uh, Central Connecticut State's a root field. For the championships, they played at Rentschler Field for three years, 2010, 11, and 12, and then 13. They moved. They tried to move it all to a root field at Central, but that was the big that was the big snowstorm that week, which knocked two of the games out. And then St. Joseph Brookfield was played in just a you know a blizzard. Yeah, Pete was. I covered that one. That was the yeah. first state championship football game I ever covered. Oh wow! So they're going back. It was, that's kind of a surprise. I was thought for sure. With six state championships, they were going to go strictly high school sites, which there's nothing wrong with that. Trumbull's always been good. West Haven, finally, I think could be available. But, you know, and uh, and New Britain was always good. But uh, they choose. They want the CIC wants to big do it up big with their, I their think, championships. I th- so what, I think I a lot know. of what people do, do, though. Uh, 
a couple of things. I'm excited because they have really nice press boxes. If we're being completely selfish, like I felt like I was always fighting for a spot at Willowbrook uh, to like, cause you know, we're going to, I'm going to be wherever I'm at. It's going to be for three games. You know, it's not going to be one and done and Trumbull doesn't have a press box. I mean, they have a press box, but it's fits like four people. So you can never get any work done. Uh, while you're there, and this is, you know, just me complaining about having to cover multiple games. West Haven, you know, I like Ken Strong. Uh, press box is nice. Again, being selfish, but Central and Rentschler are two awesome spots for us to go for three games. I mean, we're going to be there all day. Like, it's going to be nice to put our stuff down and, like, you know, be able to do stuff during the game. Again, that's just me being, uh, you know, from my personal selfish point of view. But here's the thing. I'm excited for this because I got one year covering state championships at Central. It was a blizzard. It was crazy. Um, and then I, I don't think I, I was just at high school fields the rest of the way. So people have been complaining. People have been shouting from the rooftops for years. We need to move the games to big sites. You know, Mohegan's got basketball. Um, you know, hockey was at Yale, then Quinnipiac. It's going to be somewhere new. I think this year the Quinnipiac deal was only a one-year deal. Uh, there, you know, UConn and Sacred Heart are opening up two state-of-the-art arenas. It could be any of those places. Uh, so they have a great thing. Baseball at Palmer. Um, you know, they have these great venues for these championships. And then it's like, oh, you, you know, you won a championship. Uh, you're in the state final, St. Joe's in Berlin. Go play at Shelton. Finn Stadium's beautiful. I love covering games there. But what do you, uh, you know, like the road to Mohegan, or, you know, yeah, the run yeah, yeah. to the sun, the road to the well, like. There was nothing. It was just like, go play another high school, you know, that venue. So people were and people were loudly complaining. Oh, we need to go back here. We need to go back here. So I'm going to say this to those people, the people who were yelling and screaming about us, you know, championships being at bigger venues show up for the finals because there is a lot of there's a big there are a lot of people out there saying, oh, Rentschler, it's too big. Like, you're not going to be able to hear or see the fans and like totally get that but you know for the people who are yelling and screaming their heads off oh we need to have a big venue show up i don't want to hear if new canaan or darianne or st joe's or greenwich has to go play at yukon that oh well uh, they don't they don't you know those fans don't travel well then boohoo that's your fault we're playing at the best facilities that this state has to offer for football shut up and show that's my piece on it because it's exciting. It's great for the kids. It's great for the team that look forward to, hey, I'm going to go play on Rentschler. I'm going to go play at UConn where a football program that's bowl eligible. Who the hell saw that one coming? Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I don't know what factor Jim Mora played in probably UConn some. hosting, but he mentioned it when he, you know, yeah, when he first got some. hired that he wanted to make UConn football this mecca for high school football in Connecticut, obviously having John Marinelli on the staff helps as someone who can be like, Hey, like, I know how this works on this side. I know how it works on this side. Let's try and get this together. Um, so I'm excited for it. I mean, you know, whatever, whichever place you choose, I'll go to the other one. You know, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I've done it. I've done the Wrenchler. I love Wrenchler when it was played there. The only thing I don't like with Wrenchler is they need turf. Yeah. They ah, I can't. I gotta wear my my ugly boots then. Yeah, can't wear well, my can't wear my cool there. guy boots. So we'll be at different sites, which is just sad. But uh, I liked yeah. it at Rentschler. I thought we had give it a big game feel, even if the, it wasn't the quite the large. You just look at those footage though, from like uh, Tyler Matikevich versus Dobbs and those guys. Our you Boyle know. Boyle's throw that you love to show everyone. Yeah, the the yeah seventy yard pass. Throw, you know, every time I th- think of uh, 
of Xavier winning this the championships, I always think of Rensselaer Field. I mean, there's a yeah. there's a photo of one well, of I I will there. say this, and I I don't I've never covered a state final at Rensselaer, and I'll be honest, I don't really remember that game at Central. It was so cold. I was hiding in the press box next to Kevin Duffy, uh, who was at the post at the time. So I was like, I'm not standing out there. Now I look back and I laugh at myself. But you know, Mohegan, they do like the video scoreboard, and they do like this big presentation, and they make it feel. You know, like it's this big thing because it is a big thing. And they did it at Yale for hockey. They did it at Quinnipiac last year for hockey. Um, you know, Palmer, you know, does a good job. Like, uh, you know, to UConn uh, and <laughs> to Central, like do it up, do it big, make it special. So even if the fans are too spread out, that it doesn't feel like a big game. Like, you know, if you get yeah, the stuff on the scoreboard and all that kind of stuff, like, yeah, they do. Okay. You know, yeah, make it, make it, make it a thing, make it, make it huge, you know? Yeah, that, that's one thing. I actually agree. This is a good decision by CIC. Now, it would be a lot nicer if it was just four games and we played it at just at one site. But, you know, you got six state champions. I guess, again, A, you got to pay for it. Pay for all these venues somehow. Like, maybe that's why you have six state championships. So, anyway, uh, Pete, let's wrap this thing up. What do you got on the uh, Petey Page Views Pick'em Podcast coming up this week? It's going to be a busy week. Well, by the way, we, we had a little reunion I got to show this on the you got you'll see it on the live action. The uh, we had a little uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, Tom Unger from West Haven was giving Pete the business for picking against them. And we got up this photo right there. There it is. There he is. Him and the Unger <laughs> buddies we, uh, finally because Pete picked West Haven to beat Hamden. So now they're all on the same page. Very nice. The, Pete, that uh, you and Tom yes. got to, you know, have a little kumbaya there at yes, the end of that the, game. Uh, the olive branch was presented and accepted. Uh, so I'm in West Haven's good graces yeah. for now. Until you pick against them again. Until I pick against them. Exactly. Oh, we do it. They, they, I should be said the West Haven guys. They 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 make picks before the games. They do it. They like they do their own. Their own they'll never say what it is, but they say they do their own picks in the in the coach's locker room. So I find. Well, that I'll cool. tell you the West Haven reception was great. Uh, one of the kids after the game, one of the linemen came up to me. He's like, "I watch your show every week," and I went for like a handshake. I was like, "Oh yeah, like nice to meet you, man." And he gave me like kind of one of those like you know, high five hugs. And yeah. then like, he's so big. He like lifted me off my feet. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> goes, they find everybody thinks you, everybody Pete goes, they gravitate to you. Cause you're the, you're the guy with the beard and the hat. They don't ever say anything to me. I'm at so a, I'm, the I'm handsome at a, one, the handsome yeah. one. Yeah. I'm okay. at St. Joe Massick and I got guys saying Pete, Pete, Pete. And I'm like, wrong guy, wrong guy. <laughs> you know, they're all calling me Pete. They should call us the Pete. Petey Paveview's meat grinder with, with Sean Patrick Bowley. Yeah, the, the I'm I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look, don't forget where your bread's buttered, pal. All right. Anyway, what do we got on the Petey Paveview's Pick'em podcast this week? Uh, thin week. Thin week. I think there's only uh, 22 games this weekend. We had to pick 10 uh, to pick for the Pick'ems. Um, so first off, we got Middletown at Berlin. Uh, Middletown is six and three, Berlin nine and oh, East Hartford two and seven at Manchester, who was three and five. Then we got ELSEC, we got East Haven two and six at Guilford five and three, Little Tech School ATI, who I believe is seven and one. Uh, they have Wilcox, Caner Tech four and four, Platt Tech three and four, Northwest United is unbeaten. Then we got North Brantford and Tommy Hansen, they're four and four with some playoff hopes, like Sean mentioned earlier. They're playing at Morgan. Uh, then we got the Knickerbocker versus Brian Mazzone Bowl. Uh, Stafford travels up to Rockville. Uh, then we got Hall Connard, uh, the Mayor's Cup. 
or the Mayor's Bowl, the Mayor's Trophy, Mayor the something, mayor's. the West Hartford Bowl uh, Hall at Connor. Then we got Windsor and Bloomfield, like we just talked about with Coach Fleeting, and the final game is Glastonbury at Simsbury. Like I said, thin week of games to choose from, but to jump a little ahead, uh, next week we're going to have uh, the Thanksgiving picks, and we're picking 20 games uh, for the Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, we've I think we did 20 last year. But we like to expand it. There's so many games, regardless of record, regardless of playoff implications, that just mean a lot. Um, you know, they have so much history. You know, Harding, Harding Bridgeport Central is one that comes to mind. You know, it's 100 years. Uh, Hill House, Wilbur Cross, you know, that game's been going on forever. So we're going to pick a lot of those games. Uh, we got 20. Uh, so hopefully that will be out next Monday because um, games start Tuesday. Then we're going to pick all 24 quarterfinals, all 12 semifinals, and all six champions. That's so. a mouthful, Pete. All right, well, until then, this has been the Meat Grinder. I'm Sean Patrick Boley, and the sidekick of your host, Pete Paguaga. <laughs> we'll see you guys ball out this week. We'll see you guys next week for the big extravaganza. Bye. Love you all.